Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duba, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. On this week's episode, we will, yes, yet again, be coming back to discuss Meghan Markle's wedding dress. I sort of feel like, Julie, we might just be on every episode from here on out to managing to work this wedding dress in, huh? I feel like this really warranted like a three-part discussion. Yes, I feel I feel okay with this being the topic that we continue to return to. I am also so fine with that. Um, we also have a lot of other exciting royal-related news. George and Charlotte made a surprising um, appearance in the wild over the weekend, Meghan and Harry are reportedly having some honeymoon drama, and a wedding guest has come forward with some deets about the royal wedding reception. Also, Josh does a deep dive into Chelsea Davies' Instagram account. I mean, I am so excited. That might be an overselling, but I do have some Chelsea Davy uh, sort of observations to share. Um, but let's talk about the wedding dress first. I ran into some people this weekend who are listening to our podcast. And one of the first things they hadn't seen me in a long time. And the first thing one of them said to me was you had a lot of feelings you and Julie about Meghan Markle's wedding dress. And I was like, yeah, we did. Julie, we should, I guess, reiterate that we did feel she looked great. We did. She's gorgeous. Right. She, she's gorgeous. She's stunning. Our only comment was what I refer to as the Katy Perry dictum, in which she referred to that maybe just one more fitting might have helped the situation. Uh, even since we discussed it last week, there's already been like 10 more news cycles just related to this dress, um, and one of which involves Amelia Wickstead, who is one of Kate's favorite designers, and she... I guess I was immediately, I think both of us, right? Because someone sent it to us, Julie, on Instagram, right? Yes. Amelia Wick said it was was quoted in this Daily Mail report, sort of going after sort of her whole look. I guess she claimed that the Meghan Markle's wedding dress, which was Givenchy, looked like one of her own designs. And the Daily Mail quoted her as saying, her dress is identical to one of our dresses. Apparently, a lot of commentators were saying it's an Amelia Wickstead dress. And then she really went in and said, if you choose a simple design, the fit should be perfect. Her wedding dress was quite loose. And then she said of the hairstyle, hold the wisps of her hair back. It's a royal wedding, for God's sake. Julie, what was your initial, this was like in the Katy Perry school of thought, but what was your initial thoughts when you saw this Daily Mail report? Right. In in defense of Givenchy or whatever, it's not like they really, you know, reinvented the wheel here with this dress. This is not like the most out of the box design we've ever seen. Yeah, this is like sort of like saying like I wore, like if I wore a black t-shirt the same day someone else did. Right. So I wasn't totally on board with the the whole copycat situation, but I am here for the wisps of hair. I am here for the wedding dress being loose. And I think the reason we keep coming back to it is just because there's something here that does not make sense. If you have a dress that has been worked on, designed, all those secret meetings... Um, Josh, I think you have some here in the script that the designer actually said that they had eight fittings total. And then that's that's the final fit of the dress. I just there's something that does not add up. 
What do you think? Agreed. I feel like I I totally agree. I think the reason that this continues to somehow be a story and that we're still getting people commentating on the fit is exactly what you're saying. Like something just doesn't add up. How do you have eight fittings and decide that this is where you want to end up? Right. Like it just doesn't track. Even Princess Diana, like leading up to her wedding, it's been very documented that she suffered eating disorders. She lost a lot of weight in the run up to her her wedding but even she had i think she had less fittings but with that like dramatic weight loss they still managed to yeah that's i mean i've seen many commentators now on these various posts about the dress note which makes sense to me you know it was one of the more high profile weddings ever you know you would imagine she could have had someone there adjusting up till the very last minute. Right. You know, there, this wasn't like, a, oh, like we're done. I guess we just have to go with what we've got kind of scenario. Josh, what's your favorite conspiracy theory about what really went down? What do you think is like the most likely explanation? I don't know. My, my favorite would be if there was somehow like a saboteur. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who would be out. Maybe Nanaki Pretty flew in from right. Florida, wherever she lives, to kind of do one last sort of turn of the wrench or whatever. This is clearly too sophisticated for Samantha Markle. There's definitely something. I kind of want... I don't know. I feel like whenever the crown covers this, they can come up with something pretty good because there was also the 15 minute delay that we talked about last week. I don't know. There's just, there's, there's a lot there. We should also note that Amelia Wickstead did post on Instagram a statement on Sunday night, which was sort of vague, but saying that she was saddened by the commentary that has appeared in the press and online. And then she said that she thought the Duchess of Sussex looked absolutely beautiful on her wedding day and that she has the utmost respect for her. She does not think the wedding dress was a copy of any of her designs, and she has the greatest respect for Claire White Keller and the house of Givenchy. So I'm not really sure what we're supposed to make of all of this. So she completely is backpedaling on her whole, like, evisceration? Like, this only gets weirder. It's like there's a cover-up going on or something. Right, did the palace reach out to her? Like, what do we think happened here? I don't, do you think she got overheard by the reporter or something? Or, you know, because she's not really saying outright what I said in the Daily Mail piece was false or I never said that. She's just saying she was saddened by the commentary. Right. And it's not like in her initial statement, she just had one like criticism. She had like a whole list full. I don't know. This is all very suspect. It almost seems like someone from the palace like reached out and now she's trying to kind of. Well, when the initial report came out, you know, because she often dresses Kate Middleton and I think Megan actually wore something of hers too. So it did seem like a very strange comment for a designer who's so closely affiliated with the palace to make. So I do think maybe this is just a weird damage control attempt that it sort of felt like it sort of felt to me like the statement needed to go one extra step of just sort of explaining because it's like we know are we supposed to just completely discount what you said prior? Right. I just once Mueller wraps up this whole this whole Trump investigation, like he's going to move on to the next pressing issue, which is Meghan Markle's wedding dress. Yes. I definitely am confused. Okay, so now let's move on to the reception. We talked last week about the different sort of reports that it got kind of impossible to figure out what was real and what wasn't. But now we have a primary source account. 
sort of. <laughs> I guess, no, we do. Janina Gavankar, uh, who I talked to for the Megan piece I wrote a month ago or so about her social life, uh, She, I spoke to her for that piece, and she was... I would say not necessarily a lot of Megan's high-profile friends wanted to talk to me, but she and Abigail Spencer both were happy to. Janina's known Megan for a long time, and she told me she's her oldest LA friend, and she told me about these kind of state of the unions she has with her, where they continue to this day, I guess, to get together on Skype. State of the unions is a fancy way of saying, like, phone calls. But she already was sort of I mean, every celebrity who went, you know, kind of had a different approach to sharing from the wedding. Her Instagrams, though, I felt had the most kind of interesting handling in terms of the captions and things. Well put. So she did kind of a detailed breakdown of her, the outfit she wore. Julie, that kind of like orange dress um, with like a black hat. Yeah, with the cape. And I think it was actually, I mean, it was on some of the best dressed. It got, it was a well-received look. Um, so I think she was kind of posting some of the information about it. But then at the end, she put in the caption, strange to be talking fashion on a powerful day of love and union. So she was having mixed feelings about kind of discussing her own fashion. She says strange, but then she has also posted, it looks like five consecutive <laughs> photos or illustrations of this look. So it isn't so strange that of her dress on this wedding day. I I love that you pointed that out. That's to me the funniest thing of all, that there's like, she's posting all these artistic like drawings and sketches people have done. Right. Right after kind of complaining about having to talk about the fashion. And then I don't know what to even make of this. She's kind of posted a picture of her reception dress. And then the caption for that was, I hardly remember taking this picture and I don't even drink. This really fits in with our fits in with our theory that everyone was on like hallucinogens yeah like something was just going on yeah and now she's talking about the reception to town and country so the thing that got a lot of headlines over the weekend was that she kind of expressed why there was giggling during the ceremony so she said that um she said you know when she got there she said one thing that made many of us giggle was that we could hear the wonderful people outside when the vows were happening they would cheer and we could hear them and it was a very quiet chapel we all followed the queen's lead i'm gonna steal that for something but we could hear everyone cheer and it was so heartwarming really it filled our hearts so so far i guess that's fine in terms of sharing right right i mean all very positive i guess it's a weird weird statement about following the queen's lead because she had a poker face the poker face of all poker faces so yeah like the queen was definitely not giggling from the noise of outside right so then she kind of pulls off this pivot to how much she wants to make sure harry and megan have privacy so she says, in the end, this was a wedding, an actual wedding between two people who are real people that fell in love. And people who know them know this is a private moment that was not allowed to be private. It wasn't a priority for me to have my publicist announce I was going. My priority will always be my friend. I'm not there for you. I'm there for her. And then, so this is kind of intense. And then she added, I hope for as much privacy as possible for Megan and Harry, as much as the world will allow them. I hope for more, truly. Josh. Okay. But then she, after making this kind of grand pronouncement about the privacy she hopes they have, says about the celebrations, 
we danced which by the way like no one knows anything really about the reception so she's one of the few people is she the only wedding guest we've really heard from like this yes on record right the only person on record speaking about it after this like wild kind of like i'm here for them not you um we all danced until the wee hours we partied and celebrated and ate sliders at two in the morning it was such a beautiful day and a carefree night and it was a very powerful day in history and i think everyone felt it across the world the speech that harry gave was so funny self-deprecating filled with love and that guy just has her back i left feeling so solid for them i walked away feeling so confident that these two will put their combined power into the world for good so this isn't exactly like the juiciest details of all time but i just thought it was a very interesting uh sort of call i saw the the person who originally tweeted this where i saw it over the weekend noted that it's just kind of a funny transition to go from the privacy into kind of sharing these details about eating the sliders at two in the morning do we think megan cares or do you think she has so much going on right now that like janina's talking to the press is very little concern for her i mean i don't think she cares because she didn't say anything really terrible but i if this right. if this were my friend I would kind of like, I would take a step back. So let's say if Megan does get pregnant eventually, I don't think Janina is going to be the first one she calls. Let's put it that way. Let's say you were date. If like one of us was dating someone who was on suits, let's say, and got right. a plus one and got to go to this wedding, I don't think I'd be able to like hold details back from my friends. Right from your friends, but you also wouldn't call up town and country. I wouldn't call up town and country. No, I know that's true. I guess I was just trying to like understand. I, I was trying to think more about like what I would just do if I was in this scenario where you're really not supposed to say anything and then you kind of just like are so desperate to. But you know what, Josh? Forget what she said about the royal wedding. If you and I followed someone on Instagram who posted six consecutive posts about like that single day in one single outfit, I think we would unfollow just based yeah, on that alone. I think alone. at the very least we would screenshot and send each other. <laughs> right. Well, I'm I'm curious to see where this is going. I wonder if we'll keep if, <laughs> now I imagine she's just going to be doing like TBTs back to the wedding for the next year. Right. I know. We're, we're going to see this dress from every angle by the time we're done with the year. Maybe Megan wants to maybe kind of slow down on those state of the unions. <laughs> yeah, the next state of the union is going to have a lot to discuss. Uh, Megan might conveniently like lose her Wi-Fi. We both read something over the weekend on the Daily Mail, so grain of salt, that said Megan performed a poem during her speech at the reception. Um, They said it was like very moving, very emotional. She performed it as only an actress, a professional actress could. There were no details about what the poem was. Did she write it? Was it a famous poem? But it's also weird to me that Janina doesn't mention, like she mentions Harry's Harry's speech. speech. That's such a good point. Which by all reports was like off the cuff. It seemed to me almost like Megan gave this very emotional, prepared presentation and harry kind of panicked and like made something up in the moment and like definitely you know it was like a little blue off color right definitely like he had a beer bottle in hand whereas i'm imagining megan with like a powerpoint presentation essentially that she had like prepared slides and like talking points right so it's also a little weird that she i don't know yeah janina focused just on the harry aspect totally agree 
though who knows maybe she maybe they had to cut part of the interview because janina just kept going on sharing details and by the way we should ask janina where they're on honeymoon because i feel like we could get that too right okay so i'm very confused about the honeymoon issue there was a report that they are taking a delayed honeymoon to africa right and then there was a report that they might take a smaller smaller honeymoon now to like the least sexy place in the world canada canada no offense to canada it just seemed to me obvious they were going to go to africa it was an important place for them we all know about the botswana trip and when i heard about the lux camp in namibia that i guess travel travel and leisure was the first place to report it that made a lot of sense but then this canada thing is throwing me off um and tmz is the one who broke it and they're usually pretty solid with this stuff and obviously they were you know on thomas markle's speed dial leading up to the wedding but I don't know, Julie, this report seemed a little iffy to me. Right. I'm, I mean, maybe they're trying to just play it very low key. They're reportedly going to spend time at Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, which is a 6,000 square foot Outlook cabin, a.k.a. the Royal Retreat. Royal Retreat. And they aren't the first royals to have gone there. King George and Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, stayed there in 1939. The Queen and Prince Philip <laughs> hit it up. I love Josh's script. Hit it up in June 2005. And other celebrities, Anthony Hopkins, John Travolta, Bill Gates. So this is where, I know, this is kind of, an like, this place has some interesting, the stories that, like, the tennis coach there has probably are pretty great. Oh, my gosh. Josh, this is so thorough. There's another trivia note. This is where the 1954 Marilyn Monroe Robert Mitchum film, River of No Return, was shot. Wow. After I uncovered all of this, Julie, now I kind of could see it if it's this kind of really ultra glam place that the queen has been to multiple times as recently as 2005 and if it's good enough for bill gates if it's good enough for bill gates but this reads to me like megan had control over this mini moon or whatever this is because this doesn't really coalesce with my my vision of harry and his beer pong the beer pong pong of it all no or the, like, to me, the hairy, like, Africa kind of thing. Well, okay, so then, then it gets even more layered. There's so many mysteries and investigations lately related to the royals. Emily Andrews, a Sun reporter who's pretty reliable with stuff. She has a, um, she works for the Sun. She tweeted yesterday, Harry and Meghan on honeymoon in Canada. Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, says TMZ. Nope, try again. The only bit that's right is that they are currently on honeymoon. Ooh. So she that to me implies she obviously knows where they are, but isn't able to report it for some reason. But I guess we should be watching the sun. Where would you guess if Harry were to pick any place? Where do you think they really are? I'm picturing like Cabo. Yes. Wait, that's so funny. You say that I was about to say when you just said the beer pong thing, I kind of feel like they're in like a Caribbean location, just kind of drinking Mai Tais and I don't know, playing flip cup and Megan's wearing sort of like a straw hat. Straw hat, yes. They both have shades on, and it's super kind of, I don't know, that seems more them to me, actually. Oh my gosh, Emily Andrews, I hope she comes out with some sort of breaking report. Maybe maybe she's respecting their privacy, and it'll come out. So I immediately followed her on Twitter. I hadn't previously, and I'm breathlessly waiting, but I do think you're right. I think 
all these royal reporters are pretty much sort of like an access game. So they kind of play by the rules. And I sort of feel like because of all the security concerns, maybe they kind of don't want the palace. The palace obviously doesn't want them to say. So maybe they're all just playing nice. That's a good call. Ugh. This or, is so or like though, this is like a classic Julie Josh conspiracy theory. Maybe they actually are in Canada, and and Emily Andrews was kind of asked by the palace to kind of pull them off the scent. Right, I like that as a theory, but I feel like it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't feel right to me. No. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't. I hope there are some sort of grainy photos that surface. Well, that's my other thing. How have no, how has no one spotted them? I can't believe there have not been any grainy kind of photos that show up on Twitter unless they're in a really private compound scenario that's like super secluded. Right. A really like an island on some ship somewhere. Mm, what if they're in their own island, maybe? I know, but I feel like Harry loves to socialize. Like he yeah. wants... Having never been on a honeymoon, I feel like, you know, whenever you see in a movie or something when a couple's on their honeymoon and they like... They, they chat up someone else at the breakfast buffet. I feel <laughs> Harry being like, I could see Harry being like that, you know? I love that. I love that so much. Yes, he's making friends with everybody. And Megan's almost getting like a little annoyed yes. because he chats Megan's up. like, okay, Harry, come on. I thought we were going to the spa today, you know? Right. And Harry gets like an invite to like open mic night at the local karaoke bar. And it's like, come on, we have to go. This is going to be so much fun. A lot of conflict already, I'm imagining. Julie, what did we make of the coat of arms? Uh, there is a lot to break down here. There's a heavy California influence. What was your takeaway when you saw the coat of arms that was revealed on Friday? I guess I've never looked at a, a coat of arms so closely. So I was a little bit kind of disappointed at the the graphics. I felt like it was a little, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was a little well, childish, maybe. I don't know what I was expecting. I think also it, it's so new. It's I'm expecting yeah. to see this on like a wrinkled, faded piece of paper or something. It does feel a little like school project when someone asks. Like, yes. I don't know. I sort of remember in high school when a teacher would be like, make a cool image that reflects who you are. And you would kind of like incorporate different symbols or things. I don't know. You know what I mean? It looked kind of clip art-y to me. There's like a clip art lion. And I love one of our followers said that she she is interpreting that as a nod to the Lifetime movie lion scenes. So that to me is like the only interpretation that matters. Also, someone noted that the TIG wasn't referenced, but I actually feel like in a weird way the TIG was referenced because the three quills on the shield and Megan's coat of arms, the palace said, are meant to represent communication and the power of words. So it's as if she's kind of trying to set forth from this early standpoint, since we know Megan was very involved in the design, that she's this like great communicator, I guess. Right. I really wanted some sort of glass of wine incorporated. Yeah, a glass of wine. Tick. I wanted a reference to Suits or her acting career. Right. I mean, I guess we knew we weren't going to get that since it's sort of not even mentioned in her official bio. Ugh, I know. Some, like, button-down shirt. But, of course, Samantha Markle had something to say about it. Who is still paying her for comments? Yeah, but I feel like this was... I feel like she sort of was aligned with you in this case. I know. This is the only time in life that I've agreed with Samantha Markle. She said that, quite frankly, it looks like it was drawn by someone in a kindergarten classroom before citing the College of Arms as requirements for obtaining the seal, which says an American can do... What? 
if they show descent from the British royal crown. Oh my God, so she's like half historian, half art critic. I mean... Also, she's upset because her father was not named in the coat of arms, and I guess Kate Middleton's father was referenced in right. her coat of arms. But that's part her fault. She helped stage those photos. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I am so excited for Josh's Chelsea Davy photo investigation. Over the weekend, I saw that the Daily Mail had some very suspicious photos of her out to drinks with like a very handsome man. Oh my gosh, I missed that. I mean, this investigation is, uh, investigation might be overselling it, but I just wanted to kind of make a point, uh, which I will keep short. But I, I sort of was, I think we both were kind of, and it seemed like a lot of people were kind of interested in her whole presence at the royal wedding. She dated Harry for so long. We read about the tearful phone call that she reportedly had with Harry when they talked before the wedding. I feel like she's kind of her. She's resurfaced in this kind of major way, right? Especially because the the camera operator at the wedding before the wedding took place kept like cutting to her, and she kind of looked a little sad like she was like picturing her life imagining what could have been if she married oh wow these daily mail photos she's showing off a gold ring and they are crazy pictures um but yeah so basically i I followed her on instagram and she posted this kind of a shot of i guess she's in france so she posted a shot of the eiffel tower and she didn't like caption in any way referencing the wedding and I was looking through the comments, and this was only within an hour. And I was just thinking to myself, it's just because um, she doesn't have so many followers where it's like Kim Kardashian style, where you know you can't really you know keep up with your comments. You know, she she gets like a normal for like a high profile ish person, but she gets like a decent amount of comments, but not crazy. So I'm sure she can see each one when it pops up on her phone. You know, um, and these were within the first like half hour. These co- these are four comments that were just on her photo of the Eiffel Tower, like no mention of anything related to the wedding or anything. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm like overdoing this. Have a great time in Paris. I don't think Harry will be able to forget you. He will reach out to you every time he will go through a crisis. He needs you. Oh my then, god! Wait, that's so that's one another. You made a good decision with Harry, although many people, myself included, feel you'd make a much classier choice than his current bride. We have mutual friends from Leeds. That's in parentheses. Then, this kind of cryptic one, what you feel right now will be very different five or ten years from now. So hang in there. Oh my god, from the psychic on Instagram. I mean, first the one who's like comparing her to Megan, then the one who's like the psychic who's telling her in five years will be better, then the other one who's saying Harry will never be able to forget you. Then Cassie Lovelia said, I love Harry. You were lucky to have him when you did. Whoa. But so this is just within the first like 30 minutes, and she had like 10 comments at this point, and four of them were these crazy Harry comments. So I screenshotted them. And I just thought to myself, how weird that she has to read each of these, no? I know. And, like, they're so intense and, like, about her, like, life with Harry and, like, regret. And I just was, like, kind of, that that's my whole investigation. But I just thought that was kind of crazy. Right. And I, I mean, really want to know what she thinks of it. I want to know what she thinks of it. I, I don't know. It seems like she must think something. It seems very suspicious that the, these Daily Mail photos surfaced over the weekend, just very briefly. It's Chelsea pictured with her 44-year-old, very handsome beau, James Marshall. And she's literally, like, looking at her ring. She's at some sort of outdoor restaurant. She's, like, looking at her ring. She's laughing. 
She's she's at one point they're walking and she's on his arm. It's almost like she's proving something. I sort of feel like this would be the perfect time for her to launch like a lifestyle brand or something. Oh oh my gosh. And that would be the best in your face to Megan that she gets to have. Oh, that's such a good point. I didn't even think of that aspect of it, but totally. Like I so you you might have Harry, but now I can have my public Instagram, I can go around and do whatever, I can have my lifestyle vlog. Right. Oh my gosh. Um well we have to very briefly get to these photos of Kate Middleton out over the weekend with George and Charlotte at some sort of horse event. Yeah, so they're at this weird outdoor it looked like a carnival to me, but apparently it's a it's called the Houghton Horse Trials. It's near Anmar Hall, where they kind of their country home. And it's a three day equestrian festival, which involves show jumping and eventing. And there's also entertainment for kids. No idea what that means, show jumping and eventing. I mean, I imagine some horse yeah, stuff. <laughs> uh, that description added nothing to anyone's understanding. But but Charlotte, Julie, these photos, how do you even describe them? They're, they're so, so candid. It doesn't look like they're with any sort of entourage, although, of course, there's some security lurking in the background. Kate is kind of, she's wearing this Zara unassuming dress with like a tote bag, her hair up in some sort of bun. She's kind of crouched on the grass. George looks unkempt. I love it. He's like eyeing a Dalmatian that's passing them by. Charlotte is enjoying what looks to be a strawberry ice cream cone. And it's just remarkable because they're in the midst of these like regular normal people in like jeans and baseball hats who don't seem to really realize that Kate, George and Charlotte are in their midst. Josh, what was like your takeaway? What were your first reactions? Uh, I want to hear you describe those photos forever. Um, They... My, I mean, I couldn't believe there was a photo of George looking somewhat bewildered between a Dalmatian and like a series of food right. trucks. Um, it just, it does not, it was so kind of disorienting and sort of strange and upsetting. Right. They're just a few feet away from a food truck that is selling flatbread tacos. <laughs> like Prince George being that close to the food truck made me feel very anxious. Charlotte looks like she's having a blast with her ice cream. I was confused, though. This, I mean, maybe this happens all the time. And they just don't get photographed. A 32-year-old barber took the photos, and he said he thinks other people noticed them, but they were just trying to blend in and have a nice family day out. Um, so I guess Kate must have known that someone might snap a photo, but she didn't right. seem to care. Um so uh, my I'm mom intrigued. does not think that this is the royal trio. She thinks these are some like doppelgangers because she feels like George's hair seems too red. It almost doesn't look like him. I know. What if it was just Charlotte really looks like herself. I also love that that Kate's Zara dress that she's wearing in the most like this could not be less of a kind of event of a thing is sold out immediately. I feel like maybe Kate, do you think there's any part of me, you that thinks that like somehow this was like after the wedding, Kate wanting to be out there a little bit? Yes. Get that limelight back. Right. Today, all the headlines are about this. Megan's off the scene for a little bit. Gosh, we're really playing into the bad narratives, but alas. Right. I know. And she's, but she wants to be the relatable one. So she takes the kids to go see some to, food like, trucks. Weird, it looks like a Renaissance fair almost. <laughs> I know. I would have loved to hear, like, I want a transcript of Kate trying to explain what food trucks are to George and Charlotte. (laughs) Definitely. This is like the royal version of Angelina taking her kids to that Target near you. 
on that note uh, that does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight thank you guys so much for listening uh, please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts it really helps us to find new listeners also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight you can also follow us individually I'm at Julie W. Miller and I'm at Jay Duboff we're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod this episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth thank you so much for joining us we'll talk to you next week and until then no, no bad, bad energy, energy.